Welcome to Pivot Point of View. This is Becky Pearson, and the goal of this podcast is to bring you health and wellness tips for you and the horse you rode in on. Hey, everybody, it's Becky Pearson with Pivot Point Equine and Pearson Physical Therapy, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm Emma Pearson. She's my oldest daughter, and um, today we're going to talk about stifles. And we wanted to talk about this because we have some exciting news. We have a stifle rehab program that is rolling out on our Teachable site. It is uh, located at pivotpointequine.teachable.com. So you can go there. We have a variety of courses on there. But uh, today we wanted to emphasize the stifle rehab course that we have. So... I thought it would be easiest if I had somebody to talk to about this, and um, so I asked Emma to join me, and she's so graciously accepted. <laughs> and um, so let's talk a little bit about stifles. Unfortunately, we've had quite a few horses that uh, have had stifle issues. So Yes, we have had to learn about stifles quite a bit in the last two or three years it's been crazy yeah whether it is a barrel horse a cutting horse or just a rope, a rope horse, horse. Mm-hmm. uh yeah it's crazy in fact i guess the rope horses have had more stifle <laughs> issues than our barrel and cutting horses so yeah yeah so the the stifle joint uh we can dive into the anatomy part of it um the stifle joint if most of you listening to this, if you're horse people, um, the stifle joint is like our knee joint. And if you think about how many people have knee problems, well, there's probably about as many horses that have stifle problems. And so the stifle is made up of a kneecap or a patella. Okay. They don't call it a kneecap in a horse, but it is like a patella. And there are, um, ligaments. There's three strong ligaments that, that help hold it in place and it actually locks so with horses you kind of want them to have the the locking of their stifle because that allows them to sleep standing up so it's called the stay mechanism and so um that patella or the kneecap has to lock up into place so that they can sleep standing up and so but sometimes there's an issue with that and sometimes it locks when they don't want it to lock and so that's what People will refer to as like sticky stifles or locking stifles um, or the the technical term for it is intermittent upward fixation of the patella. So sticky stifles is a little easier to say. (laughs) Much easier. But um, so it like sometimes they'll get stuck and then it'll unhook. And so you'll see this little funky uh, move in in their hind legs when they're walking. Yeah. And we had uh, we had a couple horses that have had that. Um, we had a barrel horse that we bought that had some stifle issues yep. um, that we weren't aware of when we bought him, and um, and then he had a fall. Um, he had a fall on some crappy rodeo ground, yeah, uh, and that changed him ever since. Yeah, so uh so he was our he was one of our first ones. We had a horse that mm-hmm. came off the racetrack that also had some stifle issues. Um 
And so there's a lot of different causes of this. So it could be traumatic injury, like both, um, well, the, the one barrel horse, um, and then the horse that come off the racetrack. We don't know if his first initial stifle injury was traumatic, but, um, he would wear his toes down. Um, he'd drag his toes a lot. And so he had a lot going on more than just, uh, stifle <laughs> stuff, but, um, like most off the track horses. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, so, but he ended up injuring his stifle terribly in the pasture when he did the splits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that required stifle surgery. So we had, uh, him go in and get an arthroscopic surgery where they debrided, uh, some, so they shaved off some of the torn, parts of the ligaments on him and he made a good recovery but I at that point I was just learning about all the different things that can happen and help uh, stifle horses and so he went through surgery and we rehabbed him and he is now a all-around horse uh, for a little 4-H girl and Mm -hmm. uh, their love and life and so that was that was a very good outcome um and then the barrel horse that fell with you, we took him down after we had figured out uh, he had developed gait issues after yep. the fall, uh, and so figured out his stifles were hurting him um, because there was you could feel inflammation in there. So when you feel the stifle, you should be able to feel the three ligaments, and it's a little bit lower than what you think as far as because um, we've taught you how to feel that, right, haven't we, Emma? Yeah. And did you think that you would be... I thought it would be up high. Yeah, you thought mm-hmm. you'd feel up higher, but you actually go lower than the dip in there. So yeah. they have a little dip in there. So you go lower than that, and you should feel two holes, basically, that you can put your fingers in, and that is the the holes between the three ligaments. And so you should be able to put your, your fingers in there and feel that. And if you can't, then they probably have quite a bit of stifle swelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good habit to get into to feel how much swelling your, your horse has in those stifles. So um, because then you'll notice when there is more of a change if you're palpating that on a regular basis. So... Um, so with that horse, we had his stifles blistered, which is um, is interesting. And we've since had a couple other horses come through mm-hmm. here, not all of them ours, um, that have come in for rehab um, that have had their stifles blistered. And what that means is basically the vet goes in and injects a, like an irritant into those ligaments and it helps tighten those ligaments up. So, so a horse that is having either intermittent upward fixation of the patella or weakness in the hind leg so the stifle doesn't quite function the way it should, uh, a vet might recommend doing the blistering of the stifles. And honestly, I was very afraid to do that. I, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds horrible to blister or something. Um, but horses really do recover fairly yeah. well from it. And fast, too. It's not that... Yep, they really don't have much for downtime. Um, what the vets have recommended in the past um, are just, like, long trotting. for 10, mm-hmm. ten days of long trotting. 
okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so exercise is good for these horses, but what we wanted to dive into with the stifle program is give people more things. Cause I think there's more stuff that can be done for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was my goal with doing the stifle rehab program is to help people through the process of rehabbing their stifle horse. So not only should you, you know, go trot like your vet has said, but uh, what we found with our horses is that there's typically a loss of range of motion, right? Would yep. you say so? Yep. And how do you know, Emma, that we've had a loss in range of motion with our horses? Um. Well, in your run, that's pretty noticeable when they're not pushing off. Also, you can trot, long trot them, like the vet says, and you can see they're dragging their toes. You can see... Or not reaching up under yeah, themselves. Yeah, they're not run, reaching up underneath themselves. Yep. So um, what I like to say is... So I love to watch a horse go. And um, I like to watch them not only in a straight line, but also in a circle, lunging in a mm-hmm. circle, or just having somebody jog around in a circle with them. And their back feet should land in their front feet tracks. And so we call that tracking up. And so you... If if a horse isn't tracking up into their um, front feet tracks, then they are a little short. And so um, with stifle injuries, a lot of times they will not track up. And so they have lost range of motion there. Now, it might be a matter of weakness in that their muscles aren't strong enough to pull them forward anymore or it might be a lack of passive range of motion where they their body just won't allow them to reach up there. And so you have to check that on mm-hmm. your horses. And so um, we typically do that by doing the leg stretches, which is part of the stifle program. And we also have a stretching and core program on the Teachable website that has um, good leg exercises to do in there. But Uh, So that's the first thing is like regaining their range of motion. Um, And so passively. So that includes the stretches. And uh, then we go into isometric exercises. And do you know which ones are the isometric exercises that you do for these types of horses? The tail pulls? Yeah, the tail pulls. And so um, those are in the acute phase. So like right away after your vet has done the procedure, you'd want to ask them if you can um, start this. But but this is passive range of motion and isometric exercises. So while they're on stall rest, if if they've been prescribed stall rest, now if they've had their stifles blistered, they're not going to be um, recommended to be on stall rest because they need exercise. But if they've had a surgery or injections, they may be uh, prescribed stall rest. And so you want to, of course, clear it with your vet, but start those stretching exercises and the tail pulls. And um, we go into detail in the videos about the tail pulls. And so uh, do you want to describe what you do when you do tail pulls? So just so everybody knows, the girls help me with these rehab programs on these horses, and um, so I kind of guide them, and uh, so they're they're good technicians of, <laughs> of taking care of these stifle horses. Um, I think it's pretty 
self-explainable. You pull their tail to the left or to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be behind, but mm-hmm. that's not as beneficial. Yep. Um, I'm actually working through... Gracie and I both are working through the, these exercises right now with some cutting horses of ours and yeah. regaining their strength and range of motion. So when you pull their tail to the side, you should see some contraction in the muscle. Yep. So the muscles on the side of their thigh, you should see them. Basically, you'll see kind of some lines develop and you'll know that they're that they're contracting that. And that's actually their quadriceps muscle. So like the tops of our thighs is like the sides of their hips. Mm -hmm. And after you see that, obviously you need to hold it for an extended amount of time, like five to 10 seconds. And when your horse is weaker, we often do it for five seconds. Um, When they gain more strength and like they're pulling away from you instead of giving into you, then, uh, then we often switch to 10 seconds. Yep. And so you want to also watch to make sure you don't get them sore. So, like, mm-hmm. if they're super weak, they they don't tolerate it very long. And nope. so you have to read their reactions. And um, But then if they actually act like they're more sore the next day, it's kind of like if you and I start a new workout routine, sometimes our muscles are sore, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I've had days when I can't hardly sit down on the on the toilet because my, <laughs> yeah. my quads are so sore. So um, you don't want to make them that sore, but mm-hmm. so definitely monitor their response for sure. And so that, we, we typically do that during the acute phase and the resting phase. Mm-hmm. And then... I usually have people move into more of an active range of motion. So uh, active range of motion phase. So once you establish that full passive range of motion, then we have to gain the strength in the horse for them to actively use all of that range of motion. And the the teachable course that we laid out has a lot of different exercises of walking over ground poles, um, different circling things, collection things, um, that kind of stuff, uh, in hand exercises, as well as riding exercises. And there's really a lot you can do for stifle horses. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. I think it's just up to you with what you want to do or not exactly how much time and effort you want to put in it um and i really feel like they respond wonderfully to Mm -hmm. this i would totally agree because i mean i'm working through it right now um with kit kat she's Mm -hmm. our recent cutting horse Mm -hmm. or most recent cutting horse that we've acquired Mm -hmm. and um so the first day we got on her I think we should really talk about this because, in my opinion, I know you haven't seen her yet. She is mom has been in Cheyenne, and I have been home <laughs> being the chore girl and right keeping everyone legged up and in shape. And so, anyways, um, I was she did a workout bef- or worked on her before mm-hmm. she left, mm-hmm. and then she we discussed what exercises we felt were best for her, mm-hmm. and within one day. She went from being like a total rough, like my hips were out of whack, then from that night riding her to the next day being a smooth, like about as smooth as they can be. And I was amazed, of course, 
Like I knew it would. Why would I that would, surprise you? I Come knew on. it would work, but I didn't think it would be an overnight deal. Like seriously, how many things are like happen like that overnight? But anyways, it like immediately, well, she yeah. was smoother. Yeah. And immediately, I was less sore from riding her. Yeah, and so she also had um, an issue going on. So her her x-rays of her stifle were clean. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had, um, I could feel some like clicking in her stifles when I worked on her. And um, so that just makes me think that some weakness in those hind end. And then she had tightness in her hamstring muscles and actually kind of was getting a fibrous cord type of a... a uh, it, it's called fibrotic myopathy is what um what she had and and we had a couple vets that told us that they thought this is what she had and most of the time the vets will say oh yeah well when it gets bad enough I'll just surgically take it out you know I'll just go in there and remove it and it comes from them injuring their hamstrings Mm-hmm. and straining so like if you pull a muscle if you pulled your hamstrings you would develop a knot in there and basically that's what she had is she had strained her hamstrings um probably due to some weakness in her stifle probably uh it definitely contributed and um so do what i did is i uh, identified you know the sore spot and i did an ultrasound uh, therapeutic ultrasound over it so that had a deep heating effect it wasn't a diagnostic ultrasound so a therapeutic ultrasound helps heat up the tissues and then I did uh, deep tissue massage in there mm-hmm. and then we talked about we went over what to do when Emma's riding her to really get her to engage her hind end and use her hind end and um, so you've been doing the stretches with yeah. her and the tail pulls and now, see, with the ground poles and stuff like that, I don't just do those constantly. I feel like those really do work her, mm-hmm. and they make her pick them up. So should we do them maybe two or three times, and then we're done. But we're, like, yeah. in our... When we exercise her, she's also using her hind end, and she's backing up. Like, mm-hmm. those muscles are being stretched because she's backing up. Um, and when you think about it, I've heard... When, on really cold mornings, mm-hmm. when um, you're afraid muscles are going to be pulled and they're going to be tight, you need to back up a lot because it stretches out those suspensories, it stretches out the hamstrings, um, it stretches out a lot of things. Yeah, and, and I agree. Like, your warm-up routine has to be longer when you, and, and slower, slower to start. So if you think you're you're really cold, you're not going to go out and just go run immediately and mm-hmm. so you need to take it slower in your warm-up routine mm-hmm. and backing is a wonderful exercise mm-hmm. and so but you don't just back up mindlessly right no. so when you got on her for the first time and you backed her up what did I ask you do you remember um you asked me which way she was swinging her butt so like we wanted to back up at a straight line well she was fading more to the right with her butt. Yep. So typically they will they will want to swing their butt to the more affected side because they're usually taking a shorter step on that side. So that would make them basically, you know, list over to that side. And so 
we also go over that in the video about the quality of your backing up. You know, if they're dragging their toes um, and not really picking their feet up backing up, then that's not as good a quality as if they can step and really pick those legs mm -hmm. up. And, and the more they do it, the better they'll get at it. And it does really warm up the hamstrings and um, the, the hip extensor uh, muscles, you know, your glutes, those kinds of things. And it, it is a great exercise. And so even like backing up slight inclines, those are wonderful. You can do those on a lead rope. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, you don't have to be riding, um, but then you do transition into the riding as well. So, um, yes, I agree. That is a great, great exercise mm -hmm. to do. Um, what other things do you, what other questions do you have about stifle things? Like, um, so I also think many people don't realize how it translates throughout the body. When your horse's stifles are sore, oftentimes it affects their hocks, it affects their uh, lower back, and well, I have to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we have um, when you have stifle problems are honestly a little bit harder to diagnose, I think, than hock problems, mm -hmm. and and sometimes they do have hock and stifle problems at the same time because those two joints work in conjunction with each other. They both flex, they both um, are involved with like pushing off and leaving in a barrel or, you know, getting down to cut a cow. And so if you have a stifle soreness, um, you there actually are certain points on their um, hips that, that can be sore from it. And uh, we also, on the Teachable site, we have a free screening tool for you. Like if you go on there, you can um, watch it and, and it has handouts of different points that they would be sore if they were sore in their stifles. I mean, obviously, the, if you palpate their stifle and they act like they're <laughs> sore, it is pretty obvious that they're having stifle <laughs> problems. But there's also some points along... Um, the back of their hip, which is interesting as, as I think about that, um, Kit Kat, the mare that we were just talking about, right where she had that fibrotic myopathy spot is actually a, is a indicator, like a stifle point, stifle point. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So, um, and, and, uh, the hawk points are very similar in this. As well as the ulcer points too. Yes. So it is really, um, the tool, the screening tool, free screening tool that we have on there is not meant to be diagnostic, but it is meant to stimulate a conversation for you and your vet. And again, none of this stuff is meant to replace proper veterinary care, but just to say, hey, hey doc, you know, I noticed my horse is sore here. What do you think? Do you think it could be hawks? Do you think it could be stifles? And a good performance vet will be able to flex the hock to see if it is sore and they'll be able to flex the stifle to see if it's sore. It, it is hard to flex the hock without putting a lot of pressure on the stifle. So sometimes they can flex positive for hocks and it, it could be mostly the stifle issue. But if you find a good performance vet that can isolate those, um, you'll be able to 
you'll be able to get a better diagnosis because a stifle horse will flex positive to hock soreness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Hock and stifle soreness often goes together. We'll just put it that way. And I'll, I'll leave it up to the vets to, to help you distinguish which one it is. Does that pretty much answer your um, question on our... Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, so what else What else do you think we need to cover about um, Hawk? I think or we stifle. need... I mean, we've already touched about how it affects our run, but I think we need to go deeper into that. Yeah, so things that you can see if you have stifle soreness. Um, so visibly, we'll, we'll talk not only about in our run, but also visibly signs. Um, there can be dragging of the toes, mm-hmm. uh, not reaching up under yep. themselves. The clicking, that's not visible, but you can hear that. Yep, you can hear it. You can feel it. If you're, you can. Sometimes you can feel it. Um, I would anticipate, it depends on the horse, but so some of the horses that have had stifle soreness uh, that we have had uh, can develop gait issues. Of course, that can be a whole host of things. Yeah. Um, but that can be a sign. Um, they can run up the fence. Mm-hmm. We've um, seen that one. We've seen that one. Not, not one of ours, but no. um, one that came in here. Um, we're not really wanting to get down and like work their We've turn. Seen that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so if they either are stepping out consistently or not wanting to commit to the turn, um, we have actually. Ha- I have had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we've we've kind of run the whole gamut of those kinds of things. Um, also, like in a cutting horse, uh, I think there can be like unwillingness to get back on their hind yeah. end. You know, they get front end loaded. Yep. Yep. And whether that can you, be a mess of things too. <laughs> that can be a mess of things too. So it's all things that you all pieces of the puzzle that you need to put together um, and and just think about in this. So um, I'm pretty excited about this program. Uh, I honestly think it's going to be a, a good asset to people's toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be used even if you just think your, your horse is sore in the stifles. Um, you know, I, I really am excited about it because there's there are a ton of things that you can do to help your horse with their stifles. Um, so the program has great video content to show you the exercises. It has uh, printed handouts. You you can when you get online, you can download the handouts, and um, and then it has like a check off sheet that you could print off and have in the barn of you know basically. Uh, checklist of okay I did this 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 um it has it goes from passive range of motion in the acute phase then to active range of motion and then into strengthening and so it gives you a lot of different ideas on that and so yeah we're pretty excited about it it is it went live yesterday um today is uh we're recording this on Thursday July 22nd so uh, the Stifle course is up and live, and it is on pivotpointequine.teachable.com. And if you can't find that or can't remember that, uh, you can go to my website, pivotpointequine.com, and go to the Courses tab, 
And I'll also put some links on our Facebook page on Pivot Point Equine and Rider Rehab as well. And so, any other? Um, I think we need to go over what disciplines are hardest on them. Oh, okay. What do you think? Which uh, disciplines well, are the I hardest? Well, I think barrels and poles. And I think the cutting is also very hard. I'm sure cow horse and reining. Yeah. Sure, those are very hard on them. Um, I don't see, foresee it happening as much with the roping events, although I could see a calf horse um, really getting sore in their stifles. Although our worst stifle horse has been a tripping horse, and yeah. that, but that was a totally different deal. Yeah, so it was in deep ground, and mm-hmm. he stumbled. And um, he had a tear of his medial meniscus and a tear of his medial collateral ligament. Um, and it was a it was a very, very severe. devastating, severe tear. Um, and that rehab was very extensive. Um, takes a lot of time and care effort. and effort. Um, if you are wanting to rehab your horse from a very um, severe injury like that, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It really takes a lot of time and effort and um, commitment on your part. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a very, it was our my husband's favorite rope horse, so um, we were willing to go through the effort. He was not a surgical candidate because of the location of it. They, the vets said it was very hard to get to that area. And so we did try uh, stem cell injections on that. Um, so there's a lot of different options out there for you. Um, that excites me the most right now about veterinary medicine, like the different things that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it doesn't always cure everything, but, um, horses are getting a second chance at, uh, at least getting better more so now than they ever have Mm -hmm. in, in the history of veterinary medicine, I think. So, so yeah, it can happen with, with any of them, but yeah, I, I definitely think barrels, barrel horses, pole horses, cutting horses, all um they get a lot of stress on those hawks and stifles and um and there's a lot more that you can do than just injections mm-hmm. i guess that's the main point that i wanted to bring up uh for those of you that are willing to put the time in um there are resources out there for you so Go check it out. Not that we're against injections. No, no. Yeah, if they're needed, they're needed. Yep. So, um, and but just realize that just if your horse has been injected and they're still having issues, then you probably need to rehab them. You probably need to help them regain range of motion. You probably need to help them regain strength um, because that's what we do with our human patients. And I did a I did a little podcast on joint injections. Um, it was a real quick 15 minute here's my philosophy on it you know when they're needed they're needed and um but they're not a standalone treatment you have to do the other stuff to help them regain their uh function so that they can go back to working good for you yep all right any words of wisdom that you want uh we need to get like a tagline you know like phil has you know today and always 
be your best. The exercises are easy to do, but they're also easy not to do. There you go. That's going to be our uh, straight from uh, Emma's mouth. (laughs) These things are easy to do, but they're easy not to do. All right. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.